You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is David Walter, and he's the CEO of Iconoclast Publishing. Now, David, while in college, became one of the top calling reps for MBNA America Bank, taking over 40 credit card applications on average during each four-hour shift. Now, David's claim to fame is for setting a record of 15 appointments a day, every day for six months straight while working in a call center. And then he, then he eventually started and ran his own call center for 13 years, working with some of the largest IT brands in the world and helping them along the way to make millions of dollars for their business. He has now revealed his secret cold calling formula in his number one best-selling book, Million Dollar Rebuttal. So that's why he's here today. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. Excited to be on your show, Dennis. Yeah, thank you. I fumbled. You always bring a lot of great information. I love, all, I love the Jeffrey Gittimer interview. I learned something every time I watch one of your podcasts. So it's an honor to be here. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You know, the Growth Experts podcast has become a, it was a passion project for me. And it's really the feedback has been amazing. So I appreciate any and all feedback like that. So today, guys, we're going to talk about a couple of concepts here. First of all, we're going to talk about why cold calling is not a numbers game. Okay, David has a kind of a a theory behind this that that we want to share with you and kind of open up your eyes a little bit. And then secondly, we're going to talk about the subject of his book, which is the million dollar rebuttal. Okay. So we're going to talk about those two things. We're going to try to cover both of those. So we got a lot of information to cover today. Do us a quick favor here, David, set the stage, give us a one minute backstory and then let's dig in. Yeah. So basically uh, I left my father's company. We had made a million dollars and then you went bankrupt. I got this job at this PEO company and it was faced with calling businesses to make cold calls, basically. And I was a little timid, and a lot of people may be timid about picking up the phone and making calls. But on the job, after a while, I did, I tapped in my subconscious mind. Everybody there said two appointments a day, and I needed to make more money to really get my family out of the trouble that we were in and all that stuff. I needed, that was my motivation. And so I just said, I picked up Zig Ziglar's book and tried what he said, to look in the mirror and say, I'm going to set 15 appointments every day. And that was my epiphany. When I did that, Dennis, that's where I came up with the different things you were just talking about. The idea that you, that you don't need to Co-calling is not a numbers game. And my co-calling funnel is what I call it. The million dollar rebuttal is part of this funnel. And by utilizing those things, I was able to set 15 appointments a day, every day for six months, over 1,800 appointments. Just to put it in perspective, an IT company usually sets these about uh, 15 prospects a year. That means in one day, I would have booked up an IT company for the entire year. That's how wow factor that was. Wow. So that's kind of the story. And then from there, you know, a lot of people wonder, you know, how could I set 15 appointments? Is that even possible? Could I set 15 appointments a day? How did he do it? And so I'm here to share those secrets. Awesome. I love it. So that's perfect because there's a lot of controversy and 
it's a topic of discussion around is cold calling dead? Is it a numbers game? The right way, the wrong way? Everybody has their theory. Everybody has their own flavor. And I'm, I'm really interested to dive into yours. But before we do that, tell, us, tell me a little bit about your business. So I know you wrote this book, right? I know you wrote this book and that this is an important part of getting the word out about how you're different and why you're different. But tell me a little bit about your business. Is it more coaching? Is it training? Is it consulting? Is it what exactly do you do for your clients today? Yeah. What I like to do is I like to train and coach. Okay. And I do some speaking, but I get more joy out of seeing somebody. I was uh, coaching the 20 uh, in Plano, Texas uh, a few months ago. And when I was there with them and I was able to not only train them in a, in a coaching session, but sit there with them and be there and like even tell them, hey, try this, try that. The guy got on the phone. He got a call and I said, hey, remember, remember this? We talked this rebuttal. And I coached him and literally he set the appointment, turned around and said, David, it works. You know, and I, I love that, that, you know, the, it's greater joy of giving than receiving. And, gotcha. you know, teaching somebody that I, instead of giving them a fish, I taught them how to fish. So what industries do you typically focus in on? I mean, is there a specific, is it more financial services? Is it IT companies? I mean, what do you, what types of industries do you typically focus in on? Well, really service, I think is a big part of this because service companies are sales oriented. Uh, they have sales people and they go out and meet with businesses. So any, any kind of business where you're doing that, you need a face-to-face appointment. This could work. Gotcha. And it'd be, okay. yeah, I do focus on IT, on print companies, on PEO companies, but really any service company I can help. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. All right. So let's dive into this, right? Because there's, again, there's a lot of discussion around this topic of cold calling's dead, but in cold calling's a numbers game and it kind of goes hand in hand, but you're going to kind of break down this whole concept behind why you believe cold calling is not a numbers game. So break that down for us. I'm sure that's going to make for some interesting dialogue here because I think everybody has a different viewpoint of that, but take it away and then uh, we'll see where we can get by the end of this interview. Thanks, Dennis. And, and really they're connected actually. Cold calling's dead because people think it's a numbers game. Correct. Or that's they, what they, they yeah, say exactly. things like, yeah, they say things like uh, if you to cold call, you have to, you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find a prince. Right. In other words, the idea that to find a need or prospect that has a need will mean massively going through a needle in a haystack. So all those things make people not want to do it anymore. They want to get people to call them or something like that, which those are good too, but you really need to do everything in marketing, mm-hmm. do all things. Okay. And so, so you mean to get into the cold calling is not a numbers game? And really yeah, so that, let's that. focus right in on, let's focus yeah. on that entire concept. Cold calling is yeah. not a numbers game. Yeah. And we still hear like people like Grant Cardone still talk about that. So it's, it's still live. Most people believe that. And so it's not a numbers game. And I, I'm an example of that. Because when I was setting 15 appointments a day, I used this principle that cold calling is not a numbers game. And I increased my contacts to 40 people a day, 40 contacts, business contacts a day. So what I did, one of the best ways to illustrate this is from the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Chris Gartner, there's this famous scene on social media where he's sitting there calling and he call, goes from the bottom to the top of the list, right? Mm-hmm. Going through your list. And he moves his pen up because he's not ever able to get to the top of the list. That's a struggle, Right. And so he just decides to skip all the way to the top and he calls Walter Ribbon and then the rest is history. But what I took from that is that he did call out of order, right? And randomly. And that's the problem. Why cold calling uh, using the numbers game doesn't work is because when I call a hundred businesses, each time I call each business, the environment in that where the owner's owner is dynamic, they're constantly changing. They're in a meeting, they're gone, they're travel. And people think that the receptions are just lying to them. Well, they're not. They're just telling you, hey, he's gone for the day, usually. And so when you go through that list, because it's dynamic, you're literally calling one call to that business. Like if I'm going to call Dennis and I'm going to place one call, 
right now he's on the podcast. He can't take the call. So I go through, but later you're done with this podcast. You're going to have some downtime. If I called later, you'd be available and I could take your call. So literally what happens is that when you call hundreds of people in order, you could miss most of them. But my principle, what I'm advocating for here, what worked for me was calling less people, but increasing the number of calls. In other words, calling Dennis three times today, tomorrow, and the next day, but not going past that. And so it's like playing a lottery. The more times I play, my chances go up. And so the more times I call, less people. So it's literally not the typical numbers game. And just a way to really frame it for people to really wrap their mind around it. We measure success for cold callers by how many calls they make, right? Call 100 people a day. But think of this. If, I, if you told somebody in your organization to get in contact with Dennis, get in contact with Dennis, do you imagine that they're simply going to make one call to Dennis? Or do you imagine that? No. Yeah. Or they're going to make many calls and probably email you and many other things. Exactly. So we need to stop telling people to, to make calls and tell them to go make contact with fewer people, right? But just call them relentlessly for a period of time, and then you'll explode your contacts. It just, it's just logical. Gotcha. So it's a subtle shift from a mindset perspective, right? You know, it's fairly subtle. You're talking about, hey, listen, it's not about the number of phone times you dial the phone. It's about the number of actual contacts you make, right? So I think that's a better, definitely a better metrics, right? For sure. And then your strategy is rather than calling 100 contacts one time a day, you're going to call, say, 30 contacts three times a day. Those same exactly. 30 three times a day. Okay. And so what that does is it increases the likelihood and the probability that you are going to get one of those 30 on the phone. Bingo. You got it. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Good. Oh, you know, okay. But, awesome. But, but think what happens is people don't do that because they're afraid of calling multiple times. Right. Okay. So this is where I wanted to go. This is where I wanted yeah. to lead it because I know that that's going to be a fear that a lot of people are going to have, right? Calling the same person three times, whether you're calling them, you have their direct line or whether you have their, you know, whether you're going through a gatekeeper or however you're doing that. Can you break this part down for us? Because I know there has to be a strategy because listen, the last thing you want to do is to piss off the gatekeeper, right? I mean, the fact is, I mean, because as soon as you alienate them, you're out because you know they're going to go back to the boss and say, hey, can you believe this guy? He called three times today and he drove me crazy. Listen, and, and the boss is going to say, listen, don't take his calls anymore. Just he's on the, he's on the blacklist, right? He's not, yeah. he's not going to get any love. People keep though. blacklists, believe it or not. Oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. So why don't we dive into that part? Talk to us a little bit about that strategy of how you, how to not alienate your prospects and their organizations while still applying this type of strategy. The first thing is you need to you need to make sure you're calling a qualified list, and that's something people don't do. Is simply knowing the name of the, of the person. Like if I'm going to call your organization, and I don't know Dennis is the guy to talk to, and I try to fiddle around and find out who it is, you just killed yourself. So that's a free step to make this work. Once you have that, I'm calling and I know the name of the people that I'm calling in. The first key is I call in and I sound like the other calls they get all day. I don't sound like a salesman, and so the idea is you fit in under the radar. If you can get in under the radar, then you don't even, I don't even tell them where I'm calling from. For example, if I'm calling your organization growth experts, somebody would call up and say, hey, I can help you. I'd get their name. Hey, Susie, how's it going? Great. Hey, listen, uh, this is David. Can you get Dennis on the phone for me? Can you try Dennis, his line? So there's different little phrases like that. I have all of those in my book where I'm minimizing what I'm saying. I'm, I'm blending into all the other calls, vendors, people you deal with on an everyday basis don't call and announce themselves and say, Hey, this is uh, David calling from my kind of class publishing. How are you doing today? 
<laughs> they don't do that because they have an established relationship. Send him a voicemail. <laughs> and that's what people, salespeople do that. And they just, what happens is they're not real gatekeepers, right? Gatekeeper is a rare thing. And it's somebody usually an assistant to the president. Right. The, the phone screeners is, is like a turnover job. And half the time it's somebody new, right? So you, there's really no risk of a gatekeeper. It's the fear of that. And it's, it's saying those things that set it off. So if you basically call in and you what you can do is you can vary your call, right? Once you've called a few times, you can be like, you know what? Hey, listen, I'm about to go to lunch. I just want to see if Dennis is, uh, if he's back in before I go to lunch. And then maybe at the end of the day, you, you hey, hey, Susie, hey, this is Dave. Just check and see I'm about to leave for the day. I didn't know if Dennis had popped in, you know? So you vary the reasons why you're calling, you're checking. And again, it sounds like somebody bought up on a proposal, I'm a customer, a vendor, and you can do that for a limited time. And you're totally under the radar and people, they actually want to help you those three days. They'll like, yeah, let me see if he's there, backpack. Once you go past three days, that's the magic number I found that it just starts to wear thin. But that's the, the thing is, you can do a lot more than you think. You think if I called them three times in one day, they'd get pissed off, right? But believe it or not, because they get so many calls a day, you can stretch that out and call two or three times over three days. And then you, then you quiet that list for a while, you get another one, and then you go back to it, right? And I start circling these, you know, evergreen passengers. Gotcha. Okay, good. All right. So... So a couple of things you mentioned there in summary was obviously you want to you want to sound like their normal call flow, right? You don't want to sound like a sales guy or a new person or someone that doesn't know who they're talking to, right? You want to you want to fit right in. You want to sound as if it was, uh, you know, they're a family member calling for <laughs> Dennis or for Dave. You right? want to it's like it's like the legal industry where you can acquit somebody by a reasonable doubt, right? You're creating reasonable doubt. Mhm. Like you just said, this guy may be the friend of the owner or he right. may, the, you know what? Let me put him through. Right. Okay, good. So that, I think that makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of particularly new salespeople or junior salespeople, like you said, they, you know, they go out of their way to make themselves sound like a salesperson, which is the exact opposite of what you should do, particularly with appointments. How do you handle technology? Because I know one of the struggles in my previous business, which was a B2B service company, logistics, right? We did a lot of inside sales, right? Was dealing with technology and phone systems and routing and getting through all that. I mean, obviously you don't have that person, right? That's answering the phone, right? So you, you don't need to offend them, right? But how do you, is, do you have any strategies in regards to that? Because that's, that I see being an issue, you know, a growing issue, right? Because there's less and less receptionists at companies, right? I mean, the yeah. fact is, all calls used to be answered by a person. Now, statistically, I would be shocked when you call into a company if, you know, 30% of them are answered by a person, right? So how do you combat that? Well, the, if they have a dial by name, that's the other thing I write about in my book. You have to be, to really increase your contacts, you have to be aware of many, many, many things. And one of those is if they have an answering machine or, you know, a dial, uh, one of those directories, that's a good thing because now you bypass the gatekeeper and you, nine times out of 10, you can find out the directory. You can also, if you don't know that person, you can call sales. Salespeople love to talk, right? And then talk to them a little bit and say, hey, can you patch me over to the, the and find out who the owner is and patch? I talk about that going around the wall, right? There's a wall, you can just go right around it. But the dial by names, once you find out who they are and you get their directory, I put that in my CRM. So I come to that list and I'm, I'm excited about that because you know what? I'm going to do my three calls to that dial by name. And I'm going to do that three or four times this week and then put it on, you know, like quiet that for a while. Then a couple weeks later, I'm going to do it again. And eventually you'll catch those people because they'll be at their desk. They're going to pick it up and answer it. Maybe at lunchtime, maybe right before the evening before they leave. 
But what the most important thing with technology is making sure that when you call in, that if you're calling, if you're selling anything, almost always it's local, but call centers are not local. And if it has a dial by name direct, it has a, um, it projects out a number that's not a local number. Yeah. That's your big thing you have to worry about. You have to make sure that that actually projects out as a local call and that could kill your call contact ratio. Number one. The other thing, a lot of technology now has poor reception. I just did. I just was at a co- training company, Jacksonville, and they had this whole system set up, you know, where it routed and did all this stuff. And people were literally, I got on the phone and they said, I can't hear you, can't hear you. And so we just switched. I just said, put him on a cell phone. Now he's got that tapped into the CRM. So that's those two things. Will it project out a local number? And can you hear people? Can they hear you? If not, dump the technology. Gotcha. Okay, good. So do you leverage in this, I kind of call it like a cadence, right? Like you have this cadence for how, rather than calling one person, you know, a hundred people one time, you're calling 30 people three times. So it's kind of like a little bit more of a concentrated cadence. Do you use anything outside of the phone to try to break through, particularly with high level executives or with hard to reach people? Is there any other strategies you incorporate in there, whether it be email or, or you know, social media or LinkedIn or direct mail or how, do you use any other strategies or have you found any yeah, other strategies? This book is focused on, on just picking up the phone and making calls. Gotcha. My next book talks about marketing and, and, and doing mail outs and stuff like that. So I've evolved this three or four different times. Gotcha. And I have three books I'm working on. The next one, we'll, we'll take it to the next level. And the next one involves LinkedIn and adding all three together is like dynamite. Gotcha. But this okay. is powerful by itself. Awesome. All right. Well, now let's let's move on to the million dollar rebuttal. Let's talk about that for a few minutes because we've got a few minutes left and I definitely want to make sure we cover that. So this whole concept of what is a million dollar rebuttal and how is it like a fishing weir? Yeah, exactly. So it's, and I call it a funnel now. It's a sales funnel or a cold calling funnel. And basically what happened is when I called, when I was increasing my contacts, getting decision, you know, getting 40 people on the phone a day, decision makers, right? I kept evolving my pitch and, and essentially the idea is you say things that they will agree with. It sounds simplistic, but but if I talk to you and within a few minutes I could say something, you say, yes, David, I agree with you, right? Mm-hmm. You have something in place right now, right, Dennis? When it comes to your printers, you have a printer company. When it comes to your payroll, you have something in place right now, right? Yes. You're happy with that, right? Yeah. Yes. You're not looking to change. No. Nope. Yes, right? Then, then I want to pitch them something and I couch that in a way to where it's new and innovative. And I'll say, well, Dennis, you keep your you keep your mind you keep your options open. If there was something out there that was better and blew your mind out, you'd want to know about it, right? Sure. Okay. Then I say it's this, it's XYZ payroll service, and it's unbelievable, and nobody's ever heard of it before, right? So basically, I, I take a presentation and I get people to say yes all the way through. At the end, what happened was in this pivotal moment is I got 40 people a day to go through my entire pitch and then ask me for send inform- to, to send them information for two weeks. I'd made no appointments. And at the end of the two weeks, that's when I realized I had a sales one, right? In other words, I was taking people in like a fishing weir. The, the Indians would block off a stream and leave one, one spot open and put a trap and basically funnels all the fish into that trap. And so focusing on getting people to ask you for information is that fishing weir. The trap is an innovative product. And then the system is basically saying, yes, is that trap that pulls them in. You know, they agree with you all the way through. And then when you've done that, they're going to ask you for information. And so the million dollar rebuttal basically is that trap at the end. It's how you can take someone who asks you for information, right? Which you, you wanted them to do that. That was your goal. And then flip them around using powerful uh, scripts that develop from how to win friends and influence people, like planning an idea in, in someone else's mind that they think their own, right? You're flipping the script. You're looking at everything from their perspective and you never argue with them. 
That's the number one thing. Most people, when they, they say send me information, Dennis, they argue with them and say, well, because they don't want to, right? Right. They think that's the end of the sale. Yeah, it's a brush off. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're um, disruptive when you do the opposite, everything that people expect. And when you say, you know what, I'd love to see your information. That's just part of opening them up. And when I would do that, people would be silent. They wouldn't know what to expect. What? This sales guy? He's really going to send me information? <laughs> I'd have to, sir, uh, what kind of information would you like me to send? Right. So by being disruptive, it blows their mind. It gets them off of their thought process. It distracts them. And then you're able to plant ideas in their mind. And then before you know it, basically by drawing the line, I say, sir, if you want me to call back uh, in six months, you know, a year from now, that's when I'd be back with a proposal. You don't want to wait for a year for this, do you? Oh, no, no, no. I think you want me to come out now. So you look at it from their perspective. And then at the end of it, they're like, you know what? Uh, don't send me information. Just have your rep come out. But that's the beautiful thing. Because you don't want, you don't want to call back, do you? Right. You don't want to send information. You want to get an appointment now, today. And that's what the organization's listening want. And that's what this sales funnel in my book, The Million Dollar Rebuttal, will do for them. Gotcha. Okay. So here's a couple of questions. So you mentioned how you know, asking a series of questions, getting them to agree, and then positioning the product or the service in a unique way, right? So when you work with companies, right, for example, are you going in and, and helping them to customize and change their offers, their product offering? Or is that because that's an entirely separate process, right? Because now oh, you've absolutely. got product market fit, you've got a whole bunch of things going into that, right? Because not everybody's product or service is unique. I mean, the fact is, they're better off if they are, but, you know, most of the times, particularly, let's take, for example, someone that does, you know, weed killers, right? They, they come in and they take care of your lawn and they kill weeds, right? Like there's one here in Western New York called Weed Man that I used to use, right? Right. I mean, the fact is, is that I've never, in all of their pitches, really seen how they're any different other than maybe in the price, right? I mean, there's right. not a whole lot of differentiation. So that's a really important piece. If you don't have that point of differentiation or you're not unique, have you found this to obviously do you think this works? Is it well, it can still work. It's just not gonna be as effective. Gotcha. Right? You can double your contacts by adopting the qualifying and not using the numbers game policy. You can double your contacts, right? Okay. It's all effective, but it's massively effective if you can put in something innovative, right? That's how I got 15 15 appointments a day is massive. Right. Right. Most people aren't even setting two appointments a day. Right. It's like the average is like three to the uh, direct marketing associate three every three days or something like that. So just two a day would be phenomenal for most people. Right. But to answer your question is, yes, I do that. I work with them. What I found is I usually propose big change, right? And it scares the heck out of people. Yeah. I mean, it's like the deer in the headlights. <laughs> so what I've done is I, there's always, I call it training wheels change, right? Baby change. And so that what I do now is I'll say, hey, this is the holy cow change that I think you should do. And if you're man enough, if you're strong enough, let's do it. I'm going to partner with you. But if you're terrified, then here's the baby will change. Here's the training will change. And let's do that. Because the underlying thing is you have to, it has to be educational. In other words, if I can't take the product and, and innovate it in some way, my billing system could be better, right? There's always a way to innovate something in your business. The way we're going to call back our customers and remind them, you know, let them know we're coming out at a certain time for your lawn make sure you're there. Or right. we call and consult with you and ask you about, do you have a dog? What are your concerns? And then we make sure that the people coming out are aware of those things. There's always some way to be different. And then right. you can ask people, have you heard of this? And then the, the idea of the pitch is not to sell them. Because as Jeffrey Jeffrey says, 
people don't want to be sold. They want to buy. Right. right. Jeffrey, get him right. I don't want to send him the dollar. <laughs> he always says. But um, if you do, if you make it educational, then it's easy. That's why they're going to ask for information. And that's how you flip it around by just saying we want to educate you. So that's a huge part of this. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up for today. Here's a couple more questions. We'll do these rapid fire if we can, and then we'll close it out. I'm going to give an opportunity for the audience to find out how they can get a copy of your book. And I highly recommend that. But before we go, what's your favorite growth tool or software, whether that be some sort of a SaaS product or an app of some sort? I mean, what do you use from a technology perspective to help you grow your business? Uh, like salesforce.com. Okay, great. Salesforce is a winner for sure, obviously. And what would be one book other than yours, right? The Million Dollar Rebuttal. What would be a book that you would recommend to the audience that maybe has helped you along in your journey? Well, that's hard to say one book. Well, I'm going to make you pick one. (laughs) But the foundational book is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Love it. One of my favorite books. Because I go into organizations all the time and they haven't read it. And so I'll say here, I have a $5 gift card for everybody that reads the audio, audio and comes back and reads it. Because you have to, that is the foundation of a lot of the principles in my book. Yeah. I simply have stretched those out as filters and looked at his principles from a new way and said, how can I apply this in a different way? Absolutely. I've given away hundreds of copies of that book, just so you know, hundreds. Okay. So no, I totally agree. All right. Listen, awesome, David. I really appreciate you being here today. We got to wrap it up. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, get a copy of your book, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate it. You can go on Amazon. It's, I've got the Audible. A lot of people, we were just talking about that before we started about, do you like print book? Do you like Audible? Do you like ebook? I've got it all. It's on iTunes. But you can also call me. My number's on my LinkedIn profile and it's in the back of the book. And a guy that just hired me in Jacksonville says, hey, I called and he answered. Yeah, And he amazing, came out and trained right? me. So they can call me if you want training or anything like that. Call me for it. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll put the link to the Amazon where they can buy it on Amazon. I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile in the comments. And then uh, I hate the man. I really appreciate it. I love the fact that you're, you know, that you have not given up on a strategy that has been proven to work time and time again for many, many years. You've just kind of changed the script a little bit and the strategy to evolve as technology and social media and everything else evolves. So well done. Appreciate you being here and have an awesome day. I'll keep listening to your podcast. Thanks, David. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me. 